We are back in the word. What an awesome opportunity to study your word. We know that in your scriptures, we find guidance. We are like sheep chewing what we can eat and spitting out what we cannot chew. And that's how the Bible is. The Bible has falsehood, but the Bible has truth. A lot of people do not want to deal with the reality of that. We have typo errors, numerical errors, all type of errors in the Bible. We know that God doesn't make mistakes. We know that God doesn't lie. Now, we're going to continue on this topic. Jesus did not die for your sins. He did not die for your sins. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 3 and 4, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. According to what scriptures? According to what scriptures is the question I want to ask. Okay, now if I keep going, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. According to what scriptures, Paul? I've been searching the Old Testament. The only scriptures we have is Isaiah, which I've been fighting with witches all day to day. Fighting with Christians is like fighting with witches, okay? And that's all they bring up. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. I'm going to show you something about Isaiah real quick. And this is going to be Isaiah 53. Now, the Jews do not believe Isaiah 53 is speaking about Jesus. They think it's speaking about Israel. Now we're going to read who is Isaiah 53 speaking of. Now, this is what the scholars say, my brother. The unchanged common view among many Jews today including Karaites, is that if the entire book of Isaiah is read from start to finish in Hebrew, then it is clear that Isaiah 53 is not talking about one individual, but instead the nation of Israel as a whole. So don't give me that baloney. In the comments, talking about, yeah, this is talking about Jesus. You can't read. You you blind. No. It don't say the name of Jesus. It don't. It says the servant. So don't bring that garbage to me in the comments. I want a scripture from God's mouth saying that Jesus is going to die for your sins and my sins. Okay? Because other than that, I ain't taking that garbage in my house. And I'm not receiving that doctrine of devils. I'm not receiving that witchcraft. Okay? You and Paul can roll on with that. Some people think this is talking about Isaiah. Others say a suffering servant. And yes, others say it's Jesus. Okay? There is nobody's name in it. It just says a servant of God. And I'm going to take you there. And... The first verse is what I'm going to focus on. This is the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 1. 
who have believed our report. I want to pause right there. Christianity is the largest religion in the world. So the report about Jesus dying for your sins, everybody believes that report. Everybody believes that report. If you say you don't believe that Jesus was crucified, something is wrong with you and you are weird. So going back to Isaiah 53 verse 1, who have believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, this right here does not say Jesus' name in it. It doesn't even say the Messiah. It is speaking of a servant. And I'm going to get that scripture. This is going to be verse 11. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Now, that right there says righteous servant. It doesn't say Jesus. It doesn't even say Messiah. It just says righteous servant. That is not enough evidence to take someone down, okay? In a courtroom, you're going to need more evidence than that. We're going to at least need two or three scriptures with Jesus' name on it to at least believe it. Now, I'm going to show you something else, okay? This is going to be the book of Isaiah 41, verse 8. But thou, Israel, art my servant. So that's why when you try to say, oh, yeah, that was talking about Jesus, you don't have enough evidence, okay? Because in the book of Isaiah, he's speaking of Israel being the servant. God also speaks of Cyrus being his servant. God also speaks of King Nebuchadnezzar being his servant. That scripture is not that clear. It's not that clear. Now, we know that Moses was a lawgiver. And for some reason, Moses don't have anything to do with the death of Jesus Christ. There is not one prophecy coming from Moses speaking of Jesus being crucified. We have scriptures coming from Moses speaking of the kingdom going to a foolish nation. But he says nothing about a suffering servant. He says nothing about Jesus being crucified. That should alarm you. That should alarm you. Especially when you read in the book of Revelation and it speaks of the song of Moses being sung. Moses said nothing about Jesus dying on the cross. And when I study, I look for prophets such as Moses to speak things that are going to be heavy. I want to make sure that I'm going through the prophets and finding out if the prophets are lining up with the other prophets before I just take one scripture, okay, and build a tower on it, okay? That's what we call island scriptures. Amazingly, as many times as Jesus is preached, crucified, crucified by Paul, 
we have no evidence of it in the Old Testament. The only thing we could do is go to the book of Isaiah 53. Other than that, we can go through the Psalms. And if we are apocryphal lovers, you can go to the book of 2 Ezra chapter 7. And it does speak of Jesus. The only thing about the Apocrypha, the book of 2 Ezra is written in Latin and is not the Old Testament. It was written in the 2nd century. So it's not the Old Testament. And someone literally in the comments was like, yeah, I can prove that Jesus is going to die for our sins and God said it and he brought out 2 Ezra chapter 7 and didn't even know that the book of 2 Ezra was written after Jesus died. Supposedly. Supposedly. So a lot of people do not study. So we don't have a scripture in the Old Testament where God says, I'm going to send my son Jesus to die for your sins. Or rather, I'm going to send the Messiah and he's going to die for your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not want to face judgment day going up to God and saying, God, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and he's going to say, well, where did I say that? Well, I was reading in Isaiah 53 and it talks about the suffering servant and how he was bruised for our iniquities and he was crushed for our sins. And Did it say that I said that? About Jesus? Did I put Jesus in there? No. So what are you talking about? to judgment day like that I want to make sure I have a scripture and verse where God is saying that and there's not one scripture in the Bible where God says that now I want to go to Isaiah 42 verse 1 behold my servant whom I uphold mine elect and whom my soul delight I have put my spirit upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Now, the problem with Christians and Israelites is that they put Jesus on everything. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus on everything. God has many servants. Even Jesus spoke of John the Baptist and said it was written of him. So John the Baptist was considered a servant. So when we think about all this and we bring it all to the table, you do not know who Isaiah 53 is speaking of, okay? Because it don't say his name. Quran 4.157 And for boasting, we killed the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, the messenger of Allah. But they neither killed nor crucified him. It was only made to appear so. Even those who argue for this crucifixion are in doubt. They have no knowledge whatsoever only making assumptions. They certainly did not kill him.
Look at the accuracy of the Quran. The Quran is right. You only have a Now in Isaiah 42 verse 1, I believe, notice I said I believe. I believe this is speaking of the Gentile messenger. Because when I go to verse 11, it says, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice. The villages that Kedar doth inhabit. Now that is the nation of the prophet. Peace and blessings be upon him. He came from the nation of Kedar. Not only that, he was a warrior. He wasn't a pacifist. He didn't teach about turning the other cheek. He didn't teach about living by the sword and dying by the sword. Not only that, in this same chapter, y'all, it's talking about the wilderness. It's talking about the mountains, Salah. It's talking about the inhabitants of the Arabian Peninsula. If you keep reading, it also talks about him having a law. And I'm going to get that for you. This is going to be verse 4. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. This man will be given a law. He will be given a law and he's going to magnify the law and make it honorable. Jesus, when he came, peace be upon him, he did not change the law. He came under the same law of Moses. He said, think not that I've come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. So when we look at Isaiah 42, you can believe that's speaking about Jesus. And another person can believe that's speaking of Mohammed. Another person can believe that's speaking of someone else. It's not telling you who it's talking about. So if you are in a Bible debate with someone and they're asking you to show them a scripture where it says that God said Jesus is going to die for your sins. To be honest, you really don't have a scripture. If you were smart, you'll just be like, you know, it don't say Jesus. You're right. But I believe that's talking about Jesus. You will be rather justified in saying that. But why would you put a word in God's mouth that he didn't say? He never once mentioned the name in there. Okay. So also I want to go back to Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 21. So we can see again that God wanted obedience from Israel. Not sacrifice. Let's get that. This is the book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 21. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices, and eat flesh. For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you. Okay, so God didn't want sacrifices. He just wanted his people to obey him. Now keep going. That it may be well unto you, but they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day, I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets. Daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they hearken not unto me, 
nor incline their ear, but hardened their neck. They hardened their neck. The children of Israel refused to obey God. God wants obedience, not sacrifice. What you think in this wicked world we live in today? That God wants somebody else to pay for your sins or that you have to pay for your own sins? What makes sense to you? Somebody tell me. We have to pay for our own sins. We have to pay for our own sins. Okay. Now what I want you to do is I want you to go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 31. And I want you to go to verse 29. So we can see that the children of Israel was told that the days are going to come when you are going to be responsible for your own sins. Let's get that. This is the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 29. In those days they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge. All right, so a lot of people interpret that as generational curses. Okay, but... To me, after studying that, that goes back to Exodus 20. God being a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. The first covenant was established on you keeping the commandments. Okay, and if the father didn't keep the commandments, the children was going to get it to the third and fourth generation. But look what God is saying now. Keep going. But every one shall die for his own iniquity. Everyone is going to die for their own sins. That is plain. That is simple. And didn't he say it shall come to pass? Yes. He said it shall come to pass. So what you're saying is it shall come to pass that after Jesus Christ dies for our sins, we're going to be accountable for our own sins. That don't make no sense. None of this does, okay? When did we die for our own sins is the question. That's what I want to ask him. When did we die for our own sins since Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world and all of our sins was placed on him? When did we ever die for our own sins? That's how you know they don't have the right interpretation of the thing. One thing is Bible interpretation. Another thing is the actual scripture. I can show you a scripture and you can look at that scripture and you can believe anything you want to believe about it. I can look at that same scripture and believe whatever I want to believe about it. That's the reason why we have millions of churches. The concrete thing is where does it say in the Bible that God is going to send his son? And he's going to die for your sins. It's not in the book. It's not in the book. Now these Christians and these Israelite camps and cults. They treat Paul like he's God. Because Paul can get away with anything. Haven't you noticed? Paul can do whatever he wants. Okay. He can make a new law even when Jesus didn't make a new law. He has laws on eating food sacrificed to idols. Paul has laws on marriage. Okay. It was like the apostle Paul believed that he was the Shiloh. He literally walked and talked like he was the last lawgiver to the church. 
He literally superseded Jesus. Jesus didn't come with no new commands. Okay? The apostle Paul came with those new commands. And these Christians, I'll tell you what, they love everything that comes from the book of John. Okay, they don't have to have anything from the Old Testament. Why don't you just take the Old Testament and cut it out your book and just keep the New Testament? Since you don't have to have any scriptures in the Old Testament about Jesus dying on the cross, why don't you just cut it out? Because y'all teach that Jesus is the most important thing. Well, how come God never talked about him dying on the cross? Evidently, the Old Testament ain't important because it doesn't talk about Jesus dying on the cross. Why don't y'all just cut the Old Testament out of your Bible? Because to y'all, when I talk to y'all, the Old Testament is not important. It's not important. Now, I have Isaiah 42, and it's verse 21. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. Now, Jesus didn't come with no new law. He didn't. The only person who came with a law and hammered his people into a nation was the prophet Muhammad. Peace and blessings be upon him. Moses was the creator of the Jewish people. He created Israel. Okay. He was a lawgiver. He delivered his people from oppression. Jesus did not do any of that. He didn't do any of that. He cannot be compared to Moses. Okay. And you got to understand that the truth is the truth. And your feelings is your feelings. We can't mix the two. We got to stay with the truth. Is there a scripture, y'all, in the Old Testament where it says God is going to send his son named Jesus to die for your sins? No. All right. I'm going to let someone tell me why they don't believe that Jesus came to die for our sins. Let's go. So I don't believe that Jesus died for my sins because if you have common sense, if um, God would put him on the cross and, and sacrifice him for our sins, why are we still sinning till day? In clear like water that if he would have died for our sins, the sin been stopped there. All right, that's that, your take on it. That's, that's why I don't. It. That's why I don't believe that he died for our sins because. And I believe him. He took him up to heaven with him, like he took Enoch and Elijah. So, I literally, even with the scriptures that you've been showing us lately, uh, it clearly says that he didn't die for us. And I just don't understand how people is still so naive, and all, and they over there stuck in this cold Israelite camps, listening to this so-called bishops, and deacons and captains. And being led by this false leader, they're misleading them. He teaches them that Christ is the Holy Ghost. He teaches them that Christ is God. So he's twisting the word. I don't know why people are so naive and they little puppets. That's what, how I see people, little puppets. So no, I don't think Jesus died for our sins because he didn't. 
All right. All right. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful speech. As you know, in the house of David, our women are not in jail. We do not obey Paul's law. No. No, we do not obey the Apostle Paul, Ahithophel, the police. Uh-uh, we don't obey the Popo. No, okay? That was good. Anybody else want to tell me why they don't believe that God punished his only begotten son for our sins? Like John says. Well, the only, the real question is, why would God kill his servant that he held up so high? I heard this Muslim guy say one day in a short on YouTube, he said, um, in suicidal is sin. They said, if you su commit suicide, you don't enter the, into heaven. So he asked this so-called Christian, he said, why would Jesus be on the cross and commit suicide for us? Why would God make him put him on the cross? And why would Jesus go willingly to be on the cross for us that's committing suicide? Good point. Good point. And if you really think about somebody dying, it ain't to save people, it's to kill people. Think about Samson. He said, let me die with the Philistines, and he killed more Philistines in his entire life right there when he did that. Okay? God has assassins. The apostle Paul was like an assassin. Without bullets, he is killing the Christians right now. It's war without bloodshed. That's why the Bible speaks of spies. Okay? These are assassins coming in here to do war without bloodshed. Okay? And now I remember the scripture I was going to go to. Damn! Alright, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Anybody else want to come to the podium? Because you are not in jail. You are not in jail. Why you believe that Jesus did not die for your sins? It's kind of similar to what she says. Well, I don't believe Jesus died for our sins because I don't really believe Jesus even died. believe he died either I believe just like it was a lie about Joseph's death it was a lie about Jesus death okay? it was a big lie it was a big scam it was a big scam he never died God rescued just like God rescued Jonah okay? just like God rescued Jonah just like God rescued Judith just like God rescued Hezekiah. Okay? Just like God rescued Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. 
People probably thought they was going to die. And some people probably thought they died. But they didn't die. They were alive. They were alive. Okay. Now, we talked about how God's people. Some of us are like assassins. We are like assassins. Now, we are going to go into Isaiah. We're going to go into Isaiah. And Isaiah was on a mission. Isaiah was on a mission. And this is going to be I finally found it. I was just thinking like what it was I was going to go to and now I finally found it. And this is going to bless y'all. <laughs> this is going to bless y'all. Once y'all notice because I just said they're like assassins. Watch this. This is going to be the book of Isaiah. Okay. I want to start at verse 5. This is the book of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I want to stop right there because God's word is like a mountain. You can climb it from one side and get a view and climb it from the other side and get a total different view. As I was meditating on this, this is like a picture of when God called a Gentile messenger. Notice he said, I am a man of unclean lips. That represents a Gentile. Okay. And he said I dwell in the midst of a people. Of unclean lips. This is speaking of a Gentile messenger. In the midst of Gentiles. Just like Isaiah 42. And just like Isaiah 60. Speaking of a messenger. Being in the midst of a people. In darkness. Now I want you to keep going. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. He had a coal, which is a rock. Okay? Now this is for those people who are just dogging the nation of Islam and don't have no knowledge of the Bible. Okay? Here we have this man that represents a Gentile. And this is Isaiah right now. And he said, I seen the king. No, he's not talking about Jesus. No, he's not talking about Caesar. He's talking about God Almighty. There is a religion in the world that only exalts God as king. Okay, and we take no partners to him. We ascribe no lords to him. And we don't associate anybody with the most high. Yes, there is a religion out there today. Okay, and we only exalt God is king. And in this house, we only exalt God as king. Not me. We exalt God as king. All right, now I want you to go to verse 7. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. I got to tell y'all a story. There was this dude talking crazy. Talking reckless, acting like a big kid on my YouTube comment. 
And this is what he said. But you think a rock can take away your sins. Okay? That's practically what he just said. But you think a rock can take your sins away. And he's one of them emoji posting brothers. Okay? So now I want to look at what I told him after he said that. I said you blind as hell. Explain this. Okay? And I read... Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, verse 7. And this is what I put. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away. And thy sin is purged. Okay, so who knows what the word iniquity is? Sin. It means sin. So in this verse of scripture, we have the prophet Isaiah having a coal placed upon his lips and God taking his sins away. And he posts stuff like that and don't even know that we have scriptures like this in the Bible. The truth of the matter is, God can forgive sins any way he wants. He can lay on his back and forgive sins. He can walk through the earth and forgive sins. He can throw a rock down and forgive sins. He can do whatever he wants to forgive sins. The only way that has not been proved is a human being coming to die for your sins. That is what we call human sacrifice. And that's not in the Bible. You can't show me one story in the Bible where God told someone to go and die for another person and then I'm going to take away his sins for that. That's not in the Bible, okay? Who knows about the story of Jebediah? What happened with Jebediah? What did he do? His daughter came out to meet him. Who's going to tell me? Is it when um, he made a promise to the Most High that when whatever comes out of the door, he will sacrifice and it was his daughter? Man, this house is in the Word. We are in the Word in his house. She is right. She is right. Matter of fact, let's get that real quick and then we're going to go. This is going to be the book of Judges, chapter 11, verse 30. Somebody get that. This is the book of Judges, chapter 11, verse 30. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord, and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon unto mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Okay, now did God tell him to do that? No, no. God did not tell him to do that. He literally did that on his own. God did not intervene in any of that. Okay? And Jephthah was a child of a concubine. He's the type and shadow of Paul. Now keep going. So Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them. And the Lord delivered them into his hands. 
and he smote them from Aurora, even till thou come to Minneth, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Amen were subdued before the children of Israel. Keep going. And Jephthah came to Mizpeh, and to his house. And behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. All right, his baby girl came out. All right, with the dances, okay? Like Herodias' daughter. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. And it came to pass, when he saw her, that he rent his clothes, and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that troubled me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. All right, so in the days of Judges, this is what they was doing. But God did not tell him. We do not have any scripture where God told him to do this. He literally did this on his own. What's up? Is there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we just read a couple of days ago where it says the father should not pay for the children's sins and the children should not pay for the father's sins? Yes, that's in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 24, verse 16. It's also in Ezekiel 18, verse 20. We talked about that, and the thing about that scripture is a lot of people are confused on it. Some people in my comments actually believe that that's talking about child sacrifice, okay? But there is one person who actually believes uh, the correct way. Now, that scripture was used for fathers not to be judged based on their sons. So you're not supposed to put a father to death for what a son did, okay? But that's still, metaphorically speaking, that a son should not die for a father, okay? You cannot look at that verse and not understand what it means, especially when you go to Ezekiel 18 and 20, because it says the righteousness of the righteous is going to be on the righteous, but the wickedness of the wickedness is going to be on the wicked. So if you do good, you will be rewarded. But if you do bad, you will receive judgment. That's the way God does. You reap what you sow. That's the way God has always had it set up. That still comes to Jesus' sacrifice. Why would God will put Jesus on the so-called cross, right? He wouldn't. The he sacrifice. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. So now we have definitely reached our time. And we encourage you to study the Bible for yourself. I dare you to ask your pastor or your camp leader to show you a scripture where God Almighty with his own mouth says the Messiah is going to die for your sins or Jesus is going to come and die for your sins. In the Old Testament, preferably Moses. Because I would go with Moses. If Moses didn't say it, I don't want to be a part of it. Okay? I don't trust nobody else. If it didn't start with Moses, if it's not coming from the law, it has nothing. It has no value. It has no weight. So now, it's a little late. So do y'all still want to get in the Word? Yes. Alright, let's get in the Word then. Yeah.